Welcome to Season 2 of the Gamers Change Lives Podcast. In Season 1, we learned about entrepreneurs and others around the world who were creating jobs and opportunities through esports. The one common theme throughout the season was that it takes money to create jobs and change lives. But let's face it, money can be hard to find, especially in some parts of the world, maybe in your part of the world. But this season, we are going to share stories from esports entrepreneurs in emerging markets and showcase how they found funding they need to be successful. We're also going to talk to investors in Africa, Asia, India, who have invested in esports and highlight the challenges that those markets face. In addition, we're going to talk about sponsors who provide funding to teams, tournament organizers, and streamers. Join us on this journey for Season 2 of the Gamers Change Lives podcast, aptly titled, Follow the Money. And now your host, Tom Leonard. I'm Tom Leonard. I'm the host of the Gamers Change Lives podcast. When it comes to esports, I'm not an expert. I'm more of an explorer. The goal of the podcast is to talk to esports entrepreneurs and others around the world to learn how esports can create jobs and to hopefully inspire others to do just that. Our tagline is play games, create jobs, change lives. In season two, we're talking with experts in sponsorship, investment, media rights, and more to show how to generate revenue for your esports business. After all, it takes money to create these jobs. We call the season Follow the Money. Now, I'm honored today to have Frank Slivka, esports, global esports gaming and digital entertainment opinion leader, keynote speaker, COO, and he's also a professor. All kinds of great stuff to talk about there. Welcome, Frank. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. So where are you speaking to us from? Um, I'm based since uh, years in Singapore, so a little bit in the middle of... Uh, the really evolving esports and gaming industry. It's, uh, I think, uh, we have here uh, double digit growth every year, especially in Southeast Asia. So it's good to be here in Singapore. Yeah, right in the middle of everything. That's great. That's great. Now, <laughs> you really do have one of the best backgrounds for all the different things that we're talking about here in season two. But one of the things I want to start out with is what, what got you into gaming? What got you into esports in particular? Uh, that's a very good question uh, to start with. I think it's every time it's if you have a need and you're looking for solutions, then uh, you, you come into it. It's it's over 20 years ago when I worked uh, at that time in Germany at the convention center. I was responsible to bring the gaming industry to <clears throat> the biggest uh, consumer electronic shows in Europe. This was my job. Unfortunately, at that time, the games industry don't want to join. They want to do their own <clears throat> show, and this was uh, then uh, Gamescom, so the biggest uh game show uh, in, in the world and then in Cologne. But <clears throat> 20 years back, they don't want you to join. They want to have their own show. And But my my duty was to bring the games industry to, to the consumer electronic show. So I did some research and then I'm sorry to say this, I saw these kids playing cont- competitive gaming and thought, what they are doing? It's so fantastic what they are doing. And um I said, okay, if I bring them to this show, to the consumer electronic show, then I have the games in. So because they play the games, I may have not the newest games, but I have some popular games they are playing. And then I have uh, maybe some game publisher, <clears throat> something else. So this was uh, uh, my starting point, the connection with esports. Um, and I was really fascinated. And uh, that's what my fascination is until today. It was created by a community and it's driven by a community. 
And uh, this was the starting point, and this honestly was in 2001. Uh, 2001 was a starting point with esports events alongside big uh, exhibitions. So <clears throat> I have to say I was the first one to bring them. And then in 2002, we started the Games Convention in, in Leipzig. <clears throat> this was the show before Gamescom to bring really all the big uh, esports organizers on board and put a focus on, on esports. And since then, since I, I met, this was, by, by the way, the ESL people, uh, was other ones, so really veterans um, of esports. Uh, I met them there, and uh, I followed the, this business until today. So was were they like here in the United States? We always have, have always had like CES was the big show in in Las Vegas for the consumer products. So it sounds yes, like correct. that was the kind yes. of yes, yes, you know, kind of, it's, kind of bringing it's a very German, the, it's a yeah, it's a very German uh, word, internationale Funkausstellung. Um, but this is the, the biggest, and, and, and I think most people in, in Europe or in Germany, of course, uh, they, they know about uh, this event. It's really the biggest consumer electronic shows, but it's very similar um, to the Las Vegas show. Oh, it's, it's, it's interesting, yeah, the history there of trying to... Uh to 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 match those those two up because certainly on the I, I remember being in the computer business um, uh, computer manufacturing side of things working in that industry and it was like uh, you know wow. once once we kind of discovered that there were people that play games on these machines it was like wow you know maybe we should start be making machines that are for gamers and it's just like and price them a lot higher than the the, the, the normal models. <laughs> It worked, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yes, yes. No, uh, that, that's I, I think that's 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 what what we have with online gaming that it's really based on, of where you can really test out what uh, PCs can deliver on the technical side. Well, I think to a certain degree, gaming has kind of really helped the PC business because they were kind of you know going you know by the wayside in a lot of ways compared to wh how, where they were, but now it's like. P, uh, the, P, uh, the PC gaming is really huge. It is. Yeah, I agree. So the three things I want to talk about today are, mm -hmm. I, we can talk about a lot of different things, but I want to talk about growth strategies. I want to talk about education and I want to talk about events and networking because it, you, you have okay. a background in, in all of these. And particularly one of the things that I, I like in, in some of your, your background that I was looking into, you know, working in emerging markets, you're in Singapore, which is not an emerging market, but there are a lot of them right nearby and you probably worked in some of those. So you have a really good perspective on that. Now our, our audience is made up of entrepreneurs, esports entrepreneurs. Some want to be esports entrepreneurs. Some are esports entrepreneurs, but what, what advice would you give to someone, particularly in an emerging market that would be interested in joining the, the, the esports industry? Any particular advice for them? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, um, first of all, you, you need a, a very solid business plan. And secondly, to prove this with a market research, if this really needed or not. Um, if you have that, then, um, I think you, you're good. If you want to do your own company, then this, I think <clears throat> it's, uh, essential to have that. If 
you want may get more experiences first with a, let's say an existing bigger esports company or with uh, brands they are working esports and core gaming then it's a different story but <clears throat> i think this is a good way to learn and then see <clears throat> maybe where are fields where you can get in or where you can maybe support uh, the, the community or the, the goals of esports but as an entrepreneur what you need it's a solid business plan and the market research yeah i think that that, that can be true in 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 so many in industries, I keep hearing you talking about the word community, which I think is really a good way to describe so much of the uh, esports or the gaming world. It really is a community. Yes, I think that's that's what what uh, <clears throat> says a lot about esports or core gaming. And um, every every game has its uh, its uh, community. And um, let's say if 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 we are working from esports, for example. We're working a lot with Dota 2, so what we did from the strategy, we followed the biggest communities around the world. So let's say, if, uh, for example, Philippines, it's very big, and then Dota 2. So it makes a lot of sense to start there with Dota 2. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think in Vietnam, it's not so strong, so maybe that's not a country you should <clears throat> focus on. And that's what I meant a little bit with this, uh, you have to do your market research. Um, but from my perspective, this is, uh, what I said earlier, the beauty for me, it's, uh, based on communities and these communities are mostly very active and they are very open. And I think to, to understand esports, um, in a really good way is, uh, what I mostly mention if I give, uh, talks or keynotes as one point, if you have a live stream, if you have an, <clears throat> A broadcasting on the traditional TV for golf, for example. You have um, four people out of ten watching this are playing themselves golf. If you have a soccer or football match uh, uh, on the, the traditional TV uh, live stream, uh, a live broadcasting, one out of ten are playing themselves uh, football or soccer. In this case, if you have games. It's a huge difference. It's 10 out of 10. So what we exactly know in these cases, everyone who's watching games is playing games. Or everyone who's playing games, watching games. This shows how active these uh, uh, communities are in the games for, for most of the games. You know, it would make a huge difference in creating the content too. It's like if you're... If you're um... If you're if you're creating the content and you know that the audience knows the game because they play the game, that's different than, yes. than some of the traditional sports that you're describing. Yes, yes, and it, it's it's very important uh, that you know this about uh, when you set up a business or you want to grow your business, and so you <clears throat> you know how to deal with with your clients. So that's why I said um, every time. You need your, your statistics, you need your, your market uh, research, you need data about what you're doing. And um, then I think this is one pillar that you may be uh, successful in this area. So w when you talk to people about growth, growth strategies, 
out there. If someone already has a team or maybe they have a tournament or maybe they're a streamer and they want to grow, what do you tell them about the best way to, to grow their business? That's another good question, and uh, it's not really easy to answer that. Um, there, there are different profiles, what you talked about, teams, let's say event organizers, offline, online, and then you have the, the big streaming part. Um, and everyone has different targets. So from my perspective, what I know, teams, um, there's a lack of teams. If we compare this to, to other sports and esports, we have a lack of teams. We need more teams from my perspective. And there's a good chance to, <clears throat> to create a team. If you're looking to event organizers, depends a little bit on, <clears throat> um, uh, what, what, what scope you have. If you're, let's say more a tech company, you have a platform or you're an offline, uh, uh <clears throat> event organizer, but, um, both based on communities. So work. Start with local communities and grow it from there step by step. <clears throat> Influencers, um, it's very important to create a, a profile so everyone has to know for what you are standing for. So for eports, for example, we have, we have, uh, <clears throat> streamers that work for years into, into, um, uh, <clears throat> streaming and especially for Dota 2. Today, they, they are, uh, will be hired by TI to do the Spanish or the English uh, main broadcast. <clears throat> so they, they go step by step. I guess uh, everyone here uh, will agree that success is not coming overnight. Um, in most of the cases, it's uh, very hard work and it goes step by step. No, nothing, nothing's, nothing simple. No, no, one's, no one's handing things yeah. out uh, that way. Espe because that sorry. Yeah, sorry, especially in eSports because one thing is what we have learned, and um, I may be a little bit older than most people in sports, but um, if if you look over my experiences, you, you mostly educate people, brands, mostly non-endemic brands. Endemic brands, they may may know about it, but even you have to 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 educate and teach parents about it. Um, so it's uh, it's nothing like if you maybe sell a car. Everyone knows what the car is. So it's much easier. So, but for esports, you, you, you need a really good strategy, um, how to approach your potential clients. Do you think that it's changing over time? The, the brands, the, 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 um, knowledge of what esports is. We were talking to, for example, we we're talking to, um, Luca Tuconi at Red Bull South Africa. And one of the things that he said that, that I thought was interesting, he said a lot of interesting things, but one of the things that point pick, I picked out was that he was saying, there's a greater chance now, if you're in pitching a brand, that the guy on the other side of the table, on the other side of the desk is a gamer. He said, and in the past, that was not usually the case. So you had to explain a lot more. He said, but now it's coming, you know, it, it's more and more people are familiar with it because that's that's their background. Do you notice that things are changing? Yes, of course. I think it maybe sounds a little bit arrogant, but for the games industry, it's a little bit sit and wait because they're coming, the young ones, and they grow up with games. I think <clears throat> I, I, I grew up with board games. If you look to, to my kids, they don't play any board games anymore. Even if I want that they play it, they don't play it. 
so <clears throat> this is a natural process. Um, and yes, I agree what, <clears throat> what, what he said. Um, it over the time, it's easier, but today, and that's where we are living in. Um, there are a lot of, uh, decision leaders. They are around their fifties, 50 plus. And they may not go up as games. They may not understand that. But, and you're right, it will change. I was on a conference last week and talked, uh, listened <clears throat> to a talk from Unilever, uh, from, from, from an executive from marketing. And what he told, we understand gaming. And for us, it's gaming the first way to do digital marketing. We know that and we take it and go from there. Um, so this was, was really, really interesting to, to see that such a big brand thinks in this way. And yes, he was young. I think he's in his thirties. Um, so he grew up as games. That was Unilever, you said? Yes, Unilever. Do you, do you find other, other industries, like let's say the entertainment industry, do they understand esports? The entertainment industry or? Yeah, yeah, like movies and television. I think they understand that games is their biggest competitor. They know it. They understand that. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, they understand, of course, it's uh, entertainment industry. Um, they understand it. And most of them, they're in the digital space. So they know exactly what's happened. Most entrepreneurs, what they really need to do is to uh, create a team around them. I always say it's, it's a very esports kind of thing. It's like you create a team and you go on a quest. And, uh, do you have any, any advice for people that are looking to, to create a team where to find people? <laughs> this is, this is, uh, I think for, for every <clears throat> company owner, it's a, the big question. How I get the people I need? Um, very, very difficult. Um, in, in, in esports, um, and let's say in core gaming, um, there is may a little bit of, a lack of knowledge. And um, so only there are a few people, they, they already work for years in esports and <clears throat> know exactly what to do. Um, that's why education is from my perspective, very, very important, um, to <clears throat> teach and educate people and give them the, the, the educational background, um, to go into this area. Um, what I learned and what we are doing, you know, at a certain stage of your company, let's say <clears throat> after seed fundings, you need people from outside of esports. It depends a little bit on what you are doing. <clears throat> if you have a platform, you mostly have developers. They are outside of esports or gaming. They are developers. They are backend developers and they are focused on that. You, you have this already and you have to teach them, okay, what features you need and, and so on. Um, if it comes up to, to teams from my perspective, you, <clears throat> yes, you need someone who understands the games very, 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 uh, deep and how communities are working, but you also can benefit from someone who run a, I don't know, ice hockey club, um, or someone who set up a sports academy, because that's, I think from, from a process, it's very similar. So I'm a huge fan to bring in. <clears throat> knowledge from outside into esports so that we can grow everything in esports and learn from uh, these people. Yeah. One of the things I, I'm learning here is thinking sometimes, sometimes I think of esports as being like one, one industry, one giant thing out there. But when you're talking about teams, you're talking about tournaments, you're talking about platforms, you're talking about streamers, 
it's really a different business for each one of those. It, it's you, you have a completely different uh, profile and targets and tasks to do. And there's, there's a lot more outside if we are only looking to the tech, so production, the entire production, not only the streamers, the streamer needs tech in behind. You need platforms <clears throat> where you can stream. So there, there's a lot more out. But <clears throat> if we are going back 15 years ago, we don't have that so much. The, the, the difference in, in all of this job. But now where the business is growing, you have more people specialized in, in different areas. Yeah, you brought up education, and that was one of the things I wanted to talk in more detail about, because I, yeah, I completely agree that education is so important. Is there, um, where, where do esports entrepreneurs, where do they get training? Where do they get educated? What kind of opportunities are there out there? <laughs> Again, that's, it's, it's a question. What, what do I, what you are doing in general? If it, about, Let's say introduction into esports. There are a few universities in UK and Asia. Uh, they they offer that. There are some some workshops from from, from companies. Uh, I know it's here at Singapore. We do this uh, in Malaysia. Um, <clears throat> they offer kind of workshops, but um, that's I think the characteristica of a growing young industry that this has to be much more established. Uh, what we know, the, the Malaysian government, for example, is very much behind esports. We learned about now Saudi Arabia. They are going very massively into esports and they are within, I think, uh, two, two, three years, one of the big players in esports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, is, and education itself is a huge topic. Um, because it's exactly what you said. Where I get it? What I get it? What is needed? So this is really something uh, <clears throat> what you have to to look into it, and it's not only about um, let's say esports management. What I'm teaching, um, it's also about if what, what I talk a little bit about academies. Um, <clears throat> is there, there any any license for coaches? Is there any guidelines for team managers? Um, if we are looking to the development side, um, I think. <clears throat> I was asked about this one. Oh, are there any uh, specialized education or diplomas for esports tournament platform developments? No, it is not. No, uh, not, not to my knowledge. <clears throat> so the, the, the beauty with, with esports is in the next, I think, two or three years, it is, it's, you can create a lot of pathways f- for yourself as an entrepreneur. Um, in education, you of course need the background. If you don't have it, then <clears throat> it's maybe quite difficult. But I guess this is something what will really grow. <clears throat> not not uh, one of the sectors in esports that will grow ma- uh, much faster than than other ones in the esports area. When you talk about the uh, the Malaysian government, the Saudi uh, government doing things, do you do you find that other governments are out there supporting? Esports in, in, in maybe not in the same to the same degree, but but at least it recognized that there's an opportunity there. Yes, uh, we we have several countries around the world that recognize esports as a sports officially. What is good, including Singapore. Um, <clears throat> secondly, I'm teaching since I'm now five years esports management in in Italy and the university where, where I'm teaching uh, these. <clears throat> These, uh, 
degree education um, is officially recognized by the Italian government. Um, no one knows this really. So <clears throat> yes, there's some governments they <clears throat> uh, uh, talking about it very, very officially, very loud. They <clears throat> uh, there's a lot of coverage. Other ones they, they do it, but it's not really known. And I guess that that every government around the world understand that the gaming industry in itself is all the different directions. It's uh, a play a huge part in the job market in the future. Yeah, that's one of the things that we talk about here. That's you know all the different jobs, and one of the things that we we always talk about is just the variety of jobs that are out there. I mean, a lot of times yeah. people think of uh, of esports as the streamer, as the player. That you've got to be a CSGO player if you're going to be in esports. And that's just like one of thousands of jobs. And then please don't misunderstand me. Not let's put it in this way. Not every, <clears throat> every uh, former soccer player will be a good coach or a good company owner. We have the similar things in, in esports. So esports is growing and it will be much more established. So that needs, you need <clears throat> qualifications. You need experiences. Um, and this will come. And, and, and you, you see if, if you look 10 years back or uh, 15 years back, publishers was not so involved in, in, in esports. Now, if you look at the franchise leagues, if you to the, see the involvement uh, of publishers into into esports, um, it changed. Even what I can can say that we at eports, we will be approached by publishers. Hey, can you uh, at your uh, at uh, our new game to your platform? So it's the the recognition of this kind of business. It's growing. This is good. This is bad side. The good side is that it's officially growing. It's much more established. People are watching much more out to that. It's maybe easier for us not to educate everyone anymore. They understand what, what uh, um, esports or core gaming is. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we, we also come across once in a while, people are, uh, go through accelerator programs. Talking to some people in, in Zambia who went through an accelerator there called mm -hmm. Bongo Hive. And it, it mm -hmm. was really helpful for them to think of their business as a business and not just a hobby or just a passion. So it gave them some training there. Do you find other accelerators are also uh, playing a role in educating people in the business? Um, Yes, of course. People are learning if they're an incubator or an accelerator program. Um, and especially accelerator programs gives them the, the opportunity to think much more professional. That's right. What you said, uh, you can't build. Yes, you can build your, 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 your business of passion. I'm passionate about what I'm doing, but <clears throat> you need a certain business background for that. And, uh, let's say a fundament that's based on not only your passion. Yeah, yeah, the, you need the passion, but you also need need the need the smart to go along with it. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, I can can tell you we we at we think about to add another game to the platform. This really needs uh, business 
uh, uh, analyst um, to do this. There are so many factors what you have to counter. And if you put everything together, at the end, it's a business. Even we are passionate about it, but we are also passionate about it to survive. <clears throat> so in this case, you have to see a lot of numbers. Then you may come to the decision, hey, the user acquisition for game X is 10 times higher than for the game uh, B. We go for the game B. Um, even we may be not so passionate about this game. <clears throat> but <clears throat> there's, there's, there's a lot very neat, um, uh, uh, much more professionality now than maybe 10 years ago. When, when, in this case, when, when the founders of ePort started, <clears throat> the, one of the founders, uh, we every time said, says he has 15,000 hours of marketing research. So he played 15,000 hours of Dota 2. So he knows his game 100%. And this was really good to establish that. Um, and this was passion, but this was also experiences. And he transformed this into a business. And now we have people, they do the analytics for the game and <clears throat> we are in the process to think, okay, which game we can add to the platform. It's not anymore. Oh, I, I was passionate about Dota. I had a need because there was no, uh, I couldn't uh, do comp uh, competition online with other ones. I created that. But if we are looking now into the team, it's much more professional than uh, seven years ago when people started. No, it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where, yeah, people that used to not put all their gaming experience on their resume because it looked frivolous. It's like now it's like it can be it can be a plus uh, instead out there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, what I said it depends a little bit on on the stage a company is and what you are doing, and maybe yes. an influencer, the the gaming background and the the access to the community is maybe much more important than if you work, let's say, as an analyst on platform operation manager. The other thing I keep hearing you talk about is is really data, the numbers on, on things. And mm -hmm. I think one of the things I think people, a lot of people, you know, don't don't want to be involved in the numbers, or maybe don't feel like they have a background in the numbers. And many times they're missing out on the the information that could help them out. Uh, I think that's with every business uh, in, in which sector, industry sector you are looking, and if. You don't have money at your account and you have a big problem. So you have to look all this into, into your numbers. Yes. Yes. Um, maybe if you do it as an hobby, that's maybe a different, but if it's a business and then I said, if you're coming into an investment cycle and you are, let's say, <clears throat> uh, uh, after CSA fundings, the situation for a company, it's, 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 it's changing dramatically. Uh, <clears throat> so if you not used to be to look into numbers, work with numbers, um, I guess you will run over the time in a huge problem. And so, yeah, we have to make a revenue. We have to look into these numbers. Right. If you're not really good with numbers, make sure that you have someone beside you that is really good with numbers. Yes. Because it's absolutely, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a good mix. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be, yeah, my background is in, uh, I was always doing some digital marketing 
And mm-hmm. that was one of the great things that I always liked was all the numbers because it, that's how you learn things. That's how you tested things and figured things out. And it was like, in a way, you know, doing the email marketing was, was a lot of, uh, it, it was a game to see how, how you could, uh, you could improve things. So yeah, I like the numbers, but not everyone does. Yes. And these, the, the numbers, and, and if you look to numbers, especially if you talk about digital marketing, what we learned, it's, uh, that the, after, after Corona, the approach for digital marketing from big companies is changing. Before that, it was more about quantity. Now it's much more quality. So if we are looking to, in, to influencers, I can bring you a story. I don't want you to misunderstand. Uh, every, every streamer is great and doing a great job, but there may be someone or, or they have millions of followers. Um, but they may be not really active, com, uh, uh, connected to a community. So there's maybe an influence out and it's only an example. It's maybe only to connect it to 100,000 people, but it's an active community. This is for, 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 and it will be in the future much more interesting for companies that are doing digital marketing. And honestly, it's not coming from me. It's coming from a very big digital marketing agency. So <clears throat> I, don't I completely agree. I think offend, you, you know, and I, I don't want to offend, uh, offend anyone, but that's okay. the way uh, how it works at the moment. <laughs> Well, I, th- I think starting out, particularly in the, um, doing activations or if you're getting sponsors mm-hmm. or your whatever it is that you're doing, it's like it, one of the things that always comes in, you know, what, what do they, how do they measure success? And for many, you know, and it depends on the brand. Yeah. Many, it's like, it's eyeballs. It's like, we, we need this many eyeballs for this amount of money. And if you can deliver that, then we're all heroes sort of thing. But. Yes. But I, I really like what you're saying. We just like it, it's more than just eyeballs. It's how engaged are those people with with your brand? And I think yes. one of the things is with the, with esports, you have an opportunity here to really create that engagement. You have the ability to create that uh, affinity. I mean, it's, it's a little hard if you're selling shoes or, or or other things, but with with games, I think there's an opportunity. Yes, and uh, please, uh, <clears throat> if I can come back to that what I said earlier. 10 out of 10 gamers are watching and playing games. <clears throat> so you have this connection. This is, this is what, what, what we know. Exactly. Exactly. The other thing I wanted to touch on here for just a little bit is, um, networking and events, because I know that y- you probably have more experience in events than probably anyone that we will ever talk to on here. And, you know, just, just how you were, you were describing some of your earlier work at some of the biggest events out there how important are are events to an esports entrepreneur i'm not just talking about you're going to a a tournament to watch an event but are there other events that that you would recommend esports entrepreneurs go to to network um another good question Uh, first of all i can recommend every uh, esports entrepreneur to go to live events to <clears throat> you have to fear yes. <clears throat> what happens there what's what which atmosphere is there how people are celebrating the games <clears throat> i don't want to talk a little bit about, uh, <clears throat> or what, what what we see and then what we learn 
that's that's really good. Secondly, uh, <clears throat> take take your friends with or, or brands uh, you want to work with, or even an investor, and show them the excitement. What happens here? Sorry. Um, <clears throat> very important. I, I do this uh, often and take them out <clears throat> that they can see, okay, the community is there. How old they are. Uh, <clears throat> who's there as well. How is this set up? Um, <clears throat> how is the engagement? <clears throat> very important. And to, to show this and to, to get, get, get really a feeling and understand how are the setup of these events is and, uh, and uh, you can see the teams, how they, they, they are preparing for matches. You can see how, what the tech stuff is doing. Go see a lot. <clears throat> I, I can recommend that if you have the chance. And second, if it comes up to B2B events, <clears throat> you have different targets. One is if you want to establish you as a brand in the esports industry, go to every esports B2B event you, you see. And talk to people so that they know you. You need, but you need a solid plan. You need a message. <clears throat> if you're looking for sponsors, then you may go to other events where you can find these sponsors. That's maybe not, not only esports or gaming events. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's a little bit with your, 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 your own agenda and your own target. But uh, I think the first step is really to be recognized in esports industries to go to every esports or gaming event that you can do and talk to people and create your community, your B2B network. I've heard, I've told so many people, it's like when they're like uh, on recruiting sponsors, which I, like I said at the beginning, I'm not an expert on. But one of the things I know is just exactly what you were talking about there is like, take the people you are trying to recruit to your events. I mean, if you want to get someone excited about esports, you put them in a, in a live event. If they're not excited there, you're, you're never going to get, get them excited. Yeah, this is correct. And then think about if you go with your wife to buy a car, who's buying the car? And <clears throat> secondly is, um, you're mostly not buying the car, you're buying the seller, uh, the, 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 the salesperson. <clears throat> so if you bring someone to an event, and he's excited about, he also value what you did for him. So you can create this, this, <clears throat> this, uh, <clears throat> relationship. What we are doing in, in one half weeks here in Singapore, it's we're doing for our clients, uh, Oktoberfest party. So it's live music, everything. And you invite our, <clears throat> our main partners to have partners to have fun, to have, uh, two, three hours fun. Um, <clears throat> to to create a community and say thank you to our partners that we value them. Um, <clears throat> so these are things what what you may have to do in the future. Yes, and what I always tell people is to when you when you take into perspe perspective sponsor to your event, give them two additional tickets yeah. for their kids. Yes, have them bring their kids, and if that if that right. if, so that, then they will everyone everyone wins. In that situation, yeah, absolutely. What what I did, I took the father father first to it, and the next day, he should go with his kids. He is a king, so it's a double win. Yes, yes, 
Yeah, you 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 know you know how to do things. It's like I can I can I can tell here because yeah, because one of the things is so important. Yeah. It, I like hearing you talk about go out there and talk to people. Don't just go to the event to 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 observe, but get you know make make introduce yourself because networking is so important. It's particularly in, you know in smaller markets. It's like, 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 you know, we were talking to people in Ghana. It's like, everyone knows everyone. So it's like, you want to, you, you want to, uh, be, uh, be known by, by the people there. Listen, if there is not an event in your region, then create a smaller one. What I said, we, we do, we do an Oktoberfest. It gets, okay. It's a, maybe on a, on a, on a higher level, but you can do a, <clears throat> let's say a meetup every, every, uh, three months or four months and invite people and then, then, then grow it. And, Talk to people, invite people from different sectors you may want to work with. Um, <clears throat> but if you want to go more, let's say, regional or international, you have to go to events. And honestly, it's quite easy. These the <clears throat> the, the people at these events and, and in general in esports uh, uh, community, they are very communicative. They are very open. Um, so they. <clears throat> I think most of the people are really welcome and then and talk to you. And, uh, if you then attend more and more events, you will be much more established. And uh, <clears throat> then you may have a relationship and uh, you know, or, uh, business mostly based on good relationships. Yes. And I, I, the, the other thing that I, I heard you say that I really liked, I wrote down was um, say thank you to people. Show your appreciation. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's, cause it's, it's a lot of times we forget to do that. It, you know, and that's just a life lesson, but in general, you know, in business, it's like, you know, make sure that they feel like they're appreciated. Honestly, I, I try to have good relationships with our competitors. Why not? We, we work there. Of course, I know that what, what we, what we, what we can deliver and what we are able to do. But, um, I'm, I'm really happy to, to, to meet them and talk to them. It's good. And sometimes you find a way to, to collaborate in some things because they are not in this region. They are not in this game. You, you, you never know. <clears throat> and, um, so very, very important. And, and that's part of the fun because you never know. You, you might not be doing anything right now, yeah. but six months from now, who knows what, what you might be doing. This, this industry is so fast. It, it, the, the growth could be so fast. And, um, Maybe in a year, your, your, your much, your organization is much bigger. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> it's, uh, uh, as you said, you never know what is in six months. A couple of other things. I don't want to take your whole day here. Um, but I did want to ask about mobile. Now, mobile, is that the, is that the future of esports, mobile esports? Yes, at the moment is it is it will grow and it's much easier to to reach people because everyone has the device in, in hand. It's it's easy and sorry, a lot of people can afford a mobile phone. Maybe not the high level uh, PC, but you need to play on a higher level um, uh, uh, games. So yes. It, it will be. We know that publishers focus on, on that, establish more, more mobile uh, games. And, um, yes, you can reach much more people. And it's certainly yeah. more popular in, in Asia than in yes. many parts of the world. 
Yes, it, it's much more popular here. Yeah. The, 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 the last question we always ask everyone, should the Olympics include esports in their official event? Uh, honestly, please. I, th- I think um, esports should create their own uh, way to do it. Yes, if they, they invited to the Olympics, we, we never should say no. Of course not. It gives us much more business opportunities. But I think <clears throat> as long we try to be community driven, we should think about um, how we can create some something similar based on, on games and, and what, what is needed. You know. I don't want to go in a competition. And yes, we can be part of it, but on the other side, I think is what should look for their, their own event. No, we, we kind of hear 50 50 on it. And there's a lot of people that have the same opinion there. Yeah. So no, this has been a really good conversation. Frank, I really appreciate your time here um, on on the podcast. So where can people um, come across you online? I think the the best way is to contact me over my LinkedIn profile. Okay. Yeah. There's good. And, then they should uh, check out um, epols.com, our tournament platform, where they can <clears throat> play in, uh, I think, uh, around uh, 50 uh, tournaments a day. So, and then Dota 2, but in Valorant and in other games, <clears throat> uh, global platform, uh, there, there you can fortunately not meet me playing games. I don't have the time, but uh, it's a brilliant platform to enjoy and engage with other gamers. Yeah, that's uh, two, two ways. We'll definitely we'll put a link there. I've, I've got a question. I'll eventually <laughs> let you go. How do you pick the prizes for your tournaments? Because that's something that every, everyone seems to struggle with, figure out how much, what, what's, how much should you be giving away in prize money? I think this is a good topic for another talk, another podcast. Yeah, okay. This is a, this is a very comprehensive. Uh, it's it's, a it's huge, more complicated. Huge topic. Huh? It's more complicated. Um, but uh, everyone tries to get this uh, prize pool uh, supported by partner. But this is this is really uh, nothing what I can answer in two minutes. Okay, no, no that's fine. No, one of the things that that just like you're describing, the, the industry is so open. You can go and see what yeah. other people are doing. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the best ways to learn. Hey, thanks again for your time. This is the Gamers Change Lives podcast. Season two, follow the money, play games, create jobs, change lives. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. You've just heard the Gamers Change Lives podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and leave a review. And if you haven't subscribed, do so right now so that you can stay up to date with episodes as soon as they're uploaded. And so you can hit the ground running on changing your esports adventure forever. You can also visit us at GamersChangeLivesPodcast.com. Play games, create jobs, change lives. Thanks for listening.